Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. It's a, a theme scripture for uh, this long season of discernment that our church has been invited into. And I uh, just want to uh, say again, uh, and to you watching at home and new friends here and guests, if this is your first time with us, if you've just started to come to our church, we want to welcome you again and, and understand that this is, in a way, family business. If you feel moved to, to be a part of it, uh, this is a special movement that we've seen over the number of years leading up to having a significant impact uh, in our community in expanding our facilities. And so that's what this morning is about. This is perhaps one of the most significant Sunday mornings in the life of our church. Our scripture is First Chronicles chapter 16, in a very significant moment in the life of Israel. Let me set it up for us. Uh, Israel had began to expand its borders and had victory upon victory, but they began to take the Lord their God for granted. They began to squander the tremendous responsibility that God had given to them and the great love that God had shown them. In fact, they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark, the Golden Ark. You've seen the, the, the movie, I'm sure. It, it had a golden pot with manna. It had Aaron's blooming staff. It had the, the two tablets and within that ark was great power because that's where God resided uh, on planet Earth and went before the Israelites. But in their hubris and in their forgetfulness, uh, they began to lose battles because the Lord was removing his blessing from them. They began to lose big. In fact, they lost so big, the Philistines ended up capturing the ark. It was like Oregon losing last night, but that was a huge loss, right? They were demoralized. Sorry, Duck fans. Uh, Years went by, and finally King David restored the ark to its, its proper place, and the people were thrilled. And they had learned a lesson, and they wanted to give back a, a gift of praise to the Lord. And so here's the words that King David, in the book of Chronicles, we have one of his psalms. And he says, in the midst of that psalm, he says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So David, King David, this strategic war leader, but knew that this was a moment for worship. He called the Levites together. He called the people together. He gave thank offerings and burnt offerings. And then he gave this great uh, lifting up of praise. As Pastor Frank just prayed, he prayed before the Lord, ascribing to Lord God all glory and honor. The legacy of that move continued in the history of the nation of Israel. We're going to talk for a moment now about legacy, and then we're going to have a very special presentation in the middle, and then we'll talk about the impact, what we see this uh, these next number of years, in fact, decades to come, will be the impact. So to help me talk about legacy, I thought none better than one of our, our oldest and dearest friends, one of the very first employees of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church. Would you put your hands together for Steve Bodwell, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome. Good morning, all. You got to get a little woo-woo. How did you like that news about Oregon losing last night? How was that? Um, I've got mixed feelings because I always love to see a Pac-12 in the Final Four. Not this year, I get the feeling. Oops. <laughs> so uh, something special now. This was a reveal last time. It's not so much a surprise for you, but maybe for all of us. And for those that, of us that are pretty new, might have not have ever seen this document. Let's help me out here, Steve. 
Ooh and ah. Ooh, ah. Uh. Steve, tell the people what, what I'm holding up here. This is the original document that the uh, first member signed of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church back in 1984. My mom's actually at the bottom of the list. She missed that magical day, so she had to show up a day later, to, of course, to get her name on it. Go, Myrna. We, we, the undersigned, in response to the grace of God, desire to be constituted and organized as a church to be known as Maple Valley Presbyterian. We, uh, we promise and covenant to live together in unity and to work together in ministry as disciples of Jesus Christ, bound to him and to one another as part of the body of Christ in this place, according to the principles of faith, mission, and order of the Presbyterian Church USA. And your mom signed it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Tell, so share with everyone uh, a little bit of the history uh, of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church. I remember... Early, early years. Yeah, I remember early in '81 Christmas. I just my first semester in Oregon, or a quarter of Oregon State gone. Came to a Christmas, it was either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve service of 15 across the way, in the uh, old library there at Shadow Lake Elementary School. Um, I remember us coming across and uh, dedicating this land back in the in the uh, early '80s. I remember doing youth club. Uh, that was really focused on the next generation of kids. About had, a, had about a hundred next door doing music, doing dinner, doing crafts, doing Bible time together. Uh, I remember doing uh, youth ministry in the basement of my mom's house. I remember uh, Gay Fout and Judy Goodwin, Ray Conicky doing uh, junior high up in the library of Cedar River. Um, I remember watching the beams come down on this church up in the chapel back in summer of 86. I remember us running through this building up there and making noise and causing chaos and- That, that was Wednesday night, you did that <laughs> all the time. And it, was this all, was it forest, was it brand, what, what did this hillside look like? It was all forest, it Just was all forest, forest yeah. yes. We actually put in a sand volleyball court for a while up where the grass is, there were these trees all around that. Um, and then I remember the building being built because our church always thinks ahead. What's coming next? What's God want us to be doing? And from the small groups, we called them home groups back in the day, um, those groups meeting uh, as adults getting discipled and encouraged. Um, the youth continue to be a focus. I found uh, Susan and I are trying to purge some of the stuff at the Bodwell House of 24 years being there. Pulled out a bulletin from 1998. And guess who had the most staff? CE and youth. Hmm. Because our church continues to focus on investing in the next generation. About believing that's the next generation that is to be invested in. Because I don't mean this bad. You guys have invested in me. I'm 58 now. You've served me. You've loved me. You've paid me. You've sent me on retreats. Now it's time to make sure we're giving back, folks. Hmm. It's time to make sure we're giving back. Because I think all of us have been in too many churches that collected dust from not a lot of activity. I think we've all been in too many churches that don't have noise on Sunday morning running through the buildings or on a Wednesday night or some other night or all with our preschool running around here. There should be noise in our buildings. It should be dirty once in a while, shouldn't it? Because we're bringing in dirt. Yeah, woohoo to that one. There should be things damaged once in a while because we got kids running the building. And we always have Casper days. There we too. go. So, Steve, what's, what's changed and what's remained the same? What are, what are the things that... You can look back and say 40 years where this is still the DNA of our church. And where are things maybe here and around us that are, that you couldn't have predicted that changed? Next generation's always been a huge part of our church. 
And I think that's why we're forward thinking now. That's why I love this campaign. It's about allowing the preschool to get bigger and possibly give us opportunities to do a before and after school uh, child care. That's what we should be doing, folks. Invest in the next generation. It also, our DNA has always been about small groups. Here's a pitch. If you're not in one, get in one. If you're not in one, get in one. That's how we learn to grow. That's where we find community. Dave brought that up at Casper Gay, didn't he? Being in a small group, emphasize that. Missions, deacons have been a huge part of our DNA. Women's Bible study, huge part of our DNA. Preschool, huge part of our DNA. And we need to continue those folks. And that's what this does. It thinks forward to allow those things. Sorry, I'm going to preacher mode for a minute. But it allows us to think about those things and let God do his thing through us as the body of Christ. That happened um, back in the 80s when McGowan's, Seifert's, um, Lemel's, Morris's came together and said, let's start a church. Invest in the next generation. Focusing on, on community and unity. Focus on serving our area. And this new stuff just allows all that stuff to happen. And that DNA continues, the emphasis on small groups. And I've, I've been a part of, of other churches and have led other churches. I've never known one that has such an investment in next gen, which would be you know, little kids through college. I've never been a part of a church where all of the staff, including all the pastors, are involved in, a, in, in events having to do with, with young people. I, I think the biggest change... I've only been here four years, how fast this area is growing. And we see up the hill, uh, uh, elementary school, one across the street and one up the hill, uh, they're going to be putting in additional portables because the school is busting at the seams. And so I think that um, of, all the, uh, of all the opportunities that we have, the one I'm most excited about is that after-school programming because you and I know, I mean, I'm a little younger than you, but we, we go back to the 90s when we did youth ministry, the adage was you had to reach a young person by the time they were 18. Because once they went off to college or out of the house, the opportunities to, to reach them, for them to, to be able to hear the gospel were hard. I actually got saved when I was 18, so I was sort of bucking that 15, system. 15, 15. And the age went younger and younger. So my years in youth ministry and then leading a church, then it was younger, middle school. Now it's elementary age. Yes. They say if we don't reach... Young people, if a young person has five godly people in their life, the likelihood that they will absorb that, hear that, accept Jesus is huge. And the idea of having, opening up our campus and inviting these children, the parents inviting, uh, trusting us to have them Monday through Friday in an after-school program, of all the things, that might be the top of my list of things I'm excited about. Yeah. Thank you, Steve, for coming up. Thank you. It's here for Steve. And, and uh, we have the, the first offering that's going to be collected, and then we're going to sing uh, together, and then we'll have a few more words and instruction for uh, the commitment cards. If you didn't receive a bulletin when you came in, uh, you'll be able to raise your hand, and we'll be sure to get one of those for you. But right now, I'd like to have our, put our hands together for um, Cammie Wright, our director of Kid Venture Children's Ministry, and some of her special students. Let's hear it for them. They have the, the first offering. Oh, my gosh. Can you see that, everybody? That's a greenhouse. Cammie, say, say a word about these wonderful kids. Oh, I'm all for Clint. <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, we've been collecting since kickoff, just like you. The kids have been bringing couch cushion money 
and um, dishwashing money and chore money, and they've been depositing it in our little greenhouse week after week, and they are so excited. <laughs> we saw the, the building plans and, and everything, and they're just, <laughs> they are bursting with joy at um, what lies ahead, and so we thought it was only right that they come in and be the first to give their first fruits to the Lord. Amen. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Bye, kids. Let's stand to sing. Let's sing together. Yeah, we're going to sing Great is Thy Faithfulness this morning. It's a week of Thanksgiving, of remembering God's faithfulness, of looking into a lot of visioneering as well. But as we sing this song, just take a look back in your own life. You might not Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Chronicles, 1 Chronicles chapter 16. It's a, a theme scripture for uh, this long season of discernment that our church has been invited into. And I uh, just want to uh, say again, uh, and to you watching at home and new friends here and guests, if this is your first time with us, if you've just started to come to our church, we want to welcome you again and, and understand that this is, in a way, family business. If you feel moved to, to be a part of it, uh, this is a special movement that we've seen over the number of years leading up to having a significant impact uh, in our community in expanding our facilities. And so that's what this morning is about. This is perhaps one of the most significant Sunday mornings in the life of our church. Our scripture is First Chronicles chapter 16, in a very significant moment in the life of Israel. Let me set it up for us. Uh, Israel had began to expand its borders and had victory upon victory, but they began to take the Lord their God for granted. They began to squander the tremendous responsibility that God had given to them and the great love that God had shown them. In fact, they would carry the Ark of the Covenant, the Ark, the Golden Ark. You've seen the, the, the movie, I'm sure. It, it had a golden pot with manna. It had Aaron's blooming staff. It had the, the two tablets and within that ark was great power because that's where God resided uh, on planet Earth and went before the Israelites. But in their hubris and in their forgetfulness, uh, they began to lose battles because the Lord was removing his blessing from them. They began to lose big. In fact, they lost so big, the Philistines ended up capturing the ark. It was like Oregon losing last night, but that was a huge loss, right? They were demoralized. Sorry, Duck fans. Uh, Years went by, and finally, King David restored the ark to its, its proper place, and the people were thrilled. And they had learned a lesson, and they wanted to give back a, a gift of praise to the Lord. And so here's the words that King David, in the book of Chronicles, we have one of his psalms. And he says, in the midst of that psalm, he says, Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So David, King David, this strategic war leader, but knew that this was a moment for worship. He called the Levites together. He called the people together. They gave thank offerings and burnt offerings. And then he gave this great lifting up of praise. As Pastor Frank just prayed, he prayed before the Lord, ascribing to the Lord God 
all glory and honor. The legacy of that move continued in the history of the nation of Israel. We're going to talk for a moment now about legacy, and then we're going to have a very special presentation in the middle, and then we'll talk about the impact, what we see this uh, these next number of years, in fact, decades to come, will be the impact. So to help me talk about legacy, I thought none better than one of our, our oldest and dearest friends, one of the very first employees of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church. Would you put your hands together for Steve Bodwell, the man, the myth, the legend. Welcome. Woo-woo. Good morning, all. Yeah. Got to get a little woo-woo. How did you like that news about Oregon losing last night? How was that? Um, I've got mixed feelings because I always love to see a Pac-12 in the Final Four. Not this year, I get the feeling. Oops. <laughs> so uh, something special now. This was a reveal last time. It's not so much a surprise for you, but maybe for all of us. And for those that, of us that are pretty new might have not have ever seen this document. Let's help me out here, Steve. Ooh and ah. Ooh, ah. Uh. Steve, tell the people what, what I'm holding up here. This is the original document that the uh, first members signed of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church back in 1984. My mom's actually at the bottom of the list. She missed that magical day, so she had to show up a day later, to, of course, to get her name on it. Go, Myrna. We, we, the undersigned, in response to the grace of God, desire to be constituted and organized as a church to be known as Maple Valley Presbyterian. We, uh, we promise and covenant to live together in unity and to work together in ministry as disciples of Jesus Christ, bound to him and to one another as part of the body of Christ in this place, according to the principles of faith, mission, and order of the Presbyterian Church USA. And your mom signed it. Yes. Wow. Yes. Tell, so share with everyone uh, a little bit of the history uh, of Maple Valley Presbyterian Church. I remember Early, early years. Yeah, I remember in years. 81, Christmas, I just, my first semester in Oregon, or a quarter of Oregon State gone, came to a Christmas, it was either Christmas Day or Christmas Eve service of 15 across the way in the uh, old library there at Shadow Lake Elementary School. Um, I remember us coming across and uh, dedicating this land back in the, in the uh, early 80s. I remember doing youth club. Uh, that was really focused on the next generation of kids. About had, had about a hundred next door doing music, doing dinner, doing crafts, doing Bible time together. Uh, I remember doing a youth ministry in the basement of my mom's house. I remember uh, Gay Fout and Judy Goodwin, Ray Konecki doing uh, junior high up in the library of Cedar River. Um, I remember watching the beams come down on this church up at the chapel back in summer of 86. I remember us running through this building up there and making noise and causing chaos. And that, that was Wednesday night. You did that <laughs> all the time. And it, was this all, was it forest? Was it brand? What, what did this hillside look like? It was all forest. It Just was all forest. forest. Yes. Yeah. We actually put in a sand volleyball court for a while up where the grass is. There were these trees all around that. Um, and then I remember the building being built because our church always thinks ahead. What's coming next? What's God want us to be doing? And from the small groups, we called them home groups back in the day, um, those groups meeting uh, as adults getting discipled and encouraged. Um, the youth continue to be a focus. I found uh, Susan and I are trying to purge some of the stuff at the Bodwell House of 24 years being there. Pulled out a bulletin from 1998. And guess who had the most staff? CE and youth. Mm-hmm. Because our church continues to focus on investing in the next generation. 
about believing that's the next generation that needs to be invested in. Because I don't mean this bad. You guys have invested in me. I'm 58 now. You've served me. You've loved me. You've paid me. You've sent me on retreats. Now it's time to make sure we're giving back, folks. Mm. It's time to make sure we're giving back. Because I think all of us have been in too many churches that collected dust from not a lot of activity. I think we've all been in too many churches that don't have noise on Sunday morning running through the buildings or on a Wednesday night or some other night or all with our preschool running around here. There should be noise in our buildings. It should be dirty once in a while, shouldn't it? Because we're bringing in dirt. Yeah, woohoo to that one. There should be things damaged once in a while because we got kids running the building. And we always have Casper days. There we go. So, Steve, what's what's changed and what's remained the same? What are are the things that you can look back and say 40 years where this is still the DNA of our church? And what are things maybe here and around us that are that you couldn't have predicted that changed? Next generation has always been a huge part of our church. And I think that's why we're forward thinking now. That's why I love this campaign. It's about allowing the preschool to get bigger and possibly give us opportunities to do a before and after school uh, child care. That's what we should be doing, folks. Invest in the next generation. And also, our DNA has always been about small groups. Here's a pitch. If you're not in one, get in one. If you're not in one, get in one. That's how we learn to grow. That's where we find community. Dave brought that up at Casper Gay, didn't he? Mm. Being in a small group. Emphasize that. Mm. Missions. Deacons have been a huge part of our DNA. Women's Bible study. Huge part of our DNA. Preschool. Huge part of our DNA. And we need to continue those folks. And that's what this does. It thinks forward to allow those things. Sorry, I'm going to preacher mode for a minute. But it allows us to think about those things and let God do his thing through us as the body of Christ. That happened um, back in the 80s Hmm. when McGowan's, Seifert's, um, Lemel's, Morris's came together and said, let's start a church. Hmm. Invest in the next generation. Focusing on, on community and unity. Focus on serving our area. And this new stuff just allows all that stuff to happen. And that DNA continues, the emphasis on small groups. And I've, I've been a part of, of other churches and have led other churches. I've never known one that has such an investment in next gen, which would be you know, little kids through college. I've never been a part of a church where all of the staff, including all the pastors, are involved in, a, in, in events having to do with, with young people. I, I think the biggest change... I've only been here four years, how fast this area is growing. And we see up the hill, uh, uh, elementary school, one across the street and one up the hill, uh, they're going to be putting in additional portables because the school is busting at the seams. And so I think that um, of, all the, uh, of all the opportunities that we have, the one I'm most excited about is that after-school programming because you and I know, I mean, I'm a little younger than you, but we, we go back to the 90s when we did youth ministry, the adage was you had to reach a young person by the time they were 18. Because once they went off to college or out of the house, the opportunities to, to reach them, for them to, to be able to hear the gospel were hard. I actually got saved when I was 18, so I was sort of bucking that 15, system. 15. And the age went younger and younger. So my years in youth ministry and then leading a church, then it was younger, middle school. Now it's elementary age. Yes. They say if we don't reach... Young people, if a young person has five godly people in their life, yes. the, the likelihood that they will absorb that, hear that, accept Jesus yeah. is huge. And the idea of having, opening up our campus and inviting these children 
the parents inviting, uh, trusting us to have them Monday through Friday in an after-school program. Of all the things, that's might be the top of my list of things I'm excited Same about. Stuff. Yeah. Same Thank stuff. you, Steve, for coming up. Thank you. It's here for Steve. Thank you. And and uh, we have the the first offering that's going to be collected, and then we're going to sing uh, together, and then we'll have a few more words and instruction for uh, the commitment cards. If you didn't receive a bulletin when you came in, uh, you'll be able to raise your hand, and we'll be sure to get one of those for you. But right now, I like to have our put our hands together for. Um, Cammie Wright, our director of Kid Venture Children's Ministry, and some of her special students. Let's hear it for them. They have the, the first offering. Oh, my gosh. Can you see that, everybody? That's a greenhouse. Cammie, say, say a word about these wonderful kids. Oh, I'm all for Clint. <laughs> um, yeah, we, um, we've been collecting since kickoff, just like you. The kids have been bringing couch cushion money and um, dishwashing money and chore money, and they've been depositing it in our little greenhouse week after week, and they are so excited. <laughs> we saw the, the building plans and, and everything, and <sighs> they're just... <laughs> They are bursting with joy at um, what lies ahead, and so we thought it was only right that they come in and be the first to give their first fruits to the Lord. Amen. Wonderful. Bye, kids. Let's stand to sing. Let's sing together. We're going to sing, Great is Thy Faithfulness this morning. It's a week of thanksgiving, of remembering God's faithfulness, of looking into a lot of visioneering as well, but... As we sing this song, just take a look back in your own life. You might not have to look too far. I was praying this morning with the team, and God reminded me of a time when I drove a 1988 Chevy Suburban. And I think I had about $7 in my bank account when I got to the top of a hill in Texas. I'm from Texas, and it might have been the only hill in Texas. But I knew I got to get to that gas station right there, and my engine just shut off. And I rolled down that hill every last bit of momentum to get up to the pump. Many of you in here might be able to remember a time when we were really living, asking the Lord for our daily bread. And God's been faithful to this church, been faithful to this ministry. I know he's been faithful to many of us in here. Amen. Worship together. Oh 
can see it again. So we're talking about legacy, and now I want to say just a word about impact. And the two kind of go together because what we're looking at, what, we're, what we've been communicating uh, since October and really plans that were in place back in the fall of 2019, and even before that, long before I came, and, and years gone back that this has been a phased plan. When this building, this phase of the building was built, it was planned to have a third floor and for more expansion for, uh, for our ministry. When we consider what the Lord has in store for us, what we're asking for, what we've been praying over and, and diligently seeking the Lord, and I, I see our faith rising as a church through this in the midst of, of this comeback after uh, the year or two years that we've had, is an investment in the future. We're asking for you to make a pledge for 2022 through 24, three years into the future, and then groundbreaking doesn't even happen until after that, and then we're not even seeing buildings happen until uh, 2024 to 2025. Just put that in perspective. Uh, I met you for the first time four years ago, in November of 2017. Imagine and consider all that's happened in the life of our church or in your own personal life in the past four years. That's how far into the future this investment, this impact will take. And so uh, young families here, you've got kids in elementary school. They're going to be driving by the time this is done. My son, Jonathan, he's a senior in high school. Uh, he'll be close to graduating from college when this is done. And so it truly is a surrendering and a giving to the Lord above and beyond our tithe. We've tried to make that as simple as we can by providing opportunity to, to give uh, monthly, weekly, uh, or yearly. And so I'd like to invite you to take your, the pledge card that's in your bulletin and give you a little instruction uh, if you could please, uh, if you feel so led to fill out the pledge card with your name, the, the total amount of what you want to pledge, how you would like that to be to be given, and when it would start uh, next year. So 2022, 23, and 24. But some of us have already uh, said, you know, I, I'm not sure that I'm in a position to do that. I, I just love my church. So we want this to be something everyone here participates in that calls us your home church if you're a covenant partner, even if it's a dollar, say yes, I, I'm buying in. But could you put a heart on your card? You're like, I'm not in a position, I'm not ready to, to contribute, but I love my church. I love the Lord. I love God's people. I believe in the mission of our church. So you just could write a big heart on your, on your little pledge card. That would be absolutely fantastic when we collect the offering in a little while. If you have your normal morning offerings, the offering boxes will be here uh, on the on the stage as we come forward, excuse me, on the uh, communion table as we come forward in just a moment. If you've already pledged, you can put AP on your card and bring that forward and put it in that box. My wife, Cheryl, said, honey, we, we've already pledged. Am I supposed to fill this all out? I said, no, honey, just write AP, just nice and big. She said, great, I don't need my readers to, to write AP. I can do that. And if you're still praying, write SP. I'm, I'm, you're considering it. You're not sure. This is still new. You still need time. Some of us are processors. We need more time. You could put SP on there. So a pledge, AP, I've already pledged, uh, SP, I'm praying about it, or a big heart. We want everyone to feel like you're welcomed in, in this uh, moment. And in just a moment, we're going to uh, sing one closing song and come forward. And uh, I'll tell you, with the first service, we had to push down all the paper from uh, those that came to the nine o'clock and blessing to them and to you watching at home, uh, there'll be something on your screen where you can go maplevalleychurch.org backslash impact 
to learn more and, and how to pledge. One more couple special guests. Could you please help me uh, welcome Doug and Lisey McGlashan to the stage? <laughs> Doug and Lisey have been part of, they were on the stage earlier as part of the We Are Family Impact Initiative team. Doug is an elder, or one of our finance elders. Uh, Lisey uh, coined the phrase, a place for everyone, as they were looking at the plans. And uh, they happen to be absolutely awesome people and some of our closest, dearest friends and neighbors. And uh, when I first landed here, when Cheryl and John and I landed, Super Bowl Sunday, remember February 4th, 2018, we came to the Teddy's home group to say hi. And we're shaking hands and, and smiling and all that. And Lisey, tell everybody what you said to Cheryl. Like moments after you've met her. I said, we have a house for sale two doors down. And you guys should look at it. Yeah, and that's the house we live in. So we're so blessed. Thank you for coming. Just as we're closing our time, one simple question. And then, Doug, if you would also pray, why have you pledged to the We Are Family Impact Initiative? This community, our community, is exploding with growth. And we, as Christ followers are called to serve our community. And we need to be ready for that. And I'm excited because I feel like I can be a part of touching our community as it grows and as the needs grow. So that's why. Thank you. Doug? Come on. <laughs> what she said. <laughs> um, well, and... Um, we weren't, Lisa and I, we weren't born into this community, this family. Um, we chose this family. And so, um, we've grown, you know, it, it was a lot easier when our home group wasn't here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we've grown with this family. And um, we've received from this family. And um, so, <clears throat> tag on. Um, so, as a part of the family, we, we're, we're excited about what the family is doing. Mm-hmm. We're, it's a joy to see the family grow. It's, it's thrilling to see the family reach out and, and love each other and love all those outside and to send people into the world and, and pray for them and be a part of the, And so why, as you do with family, we want to support our family. Mm. We want to give our family all we can and, and all who we are so that our, our family can feel empowered and, and, and be their best. So um, that's why we're excited because it's our family. You pray for us before we uh, sure. go to sure. Dear Heavenly Father, um, Lord, I confess that, that I don't have passion. Um, but Lord, you give me your Holy Spirit to ignite a fire. And Lord, I, I, don't, um, I don't know how to love um, I want to help the needy. I want to help the poor. And Lord, in your grace and love and mercy, you, you 
show me that I am the needy, I am the helpless, I am the poor. And, and so, Lord, you, in your infinite wisdom, have given me, have given us each other as a way, as a demonstration, as a way to see what that looks like, to see what passion looks like, to see what compassion looks like. Um, and so, Lord, I, I thank you um, for that plan. I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, um, First of all, I thank you for your vision that we've had. I thank you for Pastor Pete and the pastoral staff that preach Jesus, that bring the word of God in ways that I've never heard before, that reveal who you are to me and to us. And I thank you for this community. I thank you for this family, that we can show the love of Jesus to each other and that we have an opportunity, Lord, to, to, to see the future that is your vision. Let us come to, your, come to your throne, offer up who we are, and that, and, and that you will take all of that, all our resources, all that we offer to you, Lord, and make it beautiful, make it something that is beyond our comprehension, something we can't even imagine. And as we do, as we joyfully bring what we have, what little we have, we can joyfully see and receive back from you um, amazing things that we can't conceive of right now. We thank you for that, um, that you allow us to, to, to the opportunity to do that. And so we, we come to you, Lord, today. We give who we are to you and to each other. And we thank you that we can, together as a family, watch what you will do with that. And we thank you for that. And we thank you for your son, Jesus and his blood that makes us whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Thank you. Friends, let's stand together. And as Rob leads, as you feel led to come and bring your offering and your pledge.